0: everyone. Welcome to the Practica podcast, where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry in the local church. I am one of your hosts, Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my other host, um, David. <laughs> you almost forgot. No, I just, I just, I wanted to give you like, I wanted there to be like a pregnant pause there. i heard a dramatic effect, but it, but I realized right after I tried to do that, that it was just going to be weird. So it just came out, um, David. <laughs> you made
1: me nervous. Like, man, maybe, maybe I'm forgetting.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's
1: this is your time to talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. David, how are you, my man? It's good to see you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited uh, to discuss this exposition and the questions that uh, came to us. It's it's all really valuable. I enjoy I
0: enjoy that people send questions because for multiple reasons. One, it's awesome that people actually interact and that this podcast is actually beneficial to folks, right? And people are actually yeah. like appreciating and actually engaging with it. That just just as someone who like like as a job, like does like a lot of like creative things and puts a lot of things just kind of, kind of out into the public square. It's always, yeah. I, it's always awesome when you have that feedback, like coming back to you because then it right just feels like you're not shouting out into the void. So that's the first reason. The second, <laughs> the second reason is that it's less work and prep that we have to do <laughs> because when we have questions, yeah. we get to just talk and it's pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I think even one of the earlier episodes, you mentioned how the whole goal of this is to benefit the members of Redeemer. That's right. Lord willing, it will benefit others beyond our own pulpit ministry, but, but definitely the desires to see other, um, you, you know, to see uh, our own local church mm-hmm. be benefited, and so when questions are asked, or even you know Sunday. Um, I I heard from one of uh, the young girls at our church that she listens to the podcast with her mom uh, oh, wow. during uh, different activities during the week. So shout out to Eve! Eve. Thank you for telling me that. Uh, shout glad out! Glad you are listening to the podcast. Nice job, Eve! So, Keep listening, Eve. Yeah, well done,
0: <laughs> well done. Yeah, uh, well, David, as has become um, tradition. Oh no! In uh, this podcast. Before we start, I have the long-awaited, dreaded dad joke for you.
1: <laughs> okay. This, I'm,
0: I think ready. I'm ready. This is a good one. This is a good one. Okay? All right. All right okay. Here we go. Here we go. David, I lost my job at the bank on my very first day. A woman asked me to check her balance, so I pushed her over.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> why are some of the best jokes that are references to people getting hurt?
0: Because like people getting hurt is funny. And it's just it's just ver it it's it's verifiably wow, that's not a word. Verifiably. Verifiably? Verified yeah. Yes. Verified. Verifiably true. Jeez. I am tired today. Yeah. All right. I'm just oh, gonna man. go on record like going by around. saying I am tired today. If anything coherent comes out of my mouth today it's going to be beneficial but all i was trying to say is yes as long as the injury's not like really bad videos are like people like getting hurt's kind of funny <laughs> it's mm, it's true yeah it
1: really is <laughs> hey it's like uh it's like one of my favorite jokes if at first you don't succeed skydiving isn't for you yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> no true. trying twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, you don't have to worry about it after that, right? Uh, yeah, so, David, exactly. this uh, past Lord's Day, you were in First yes. John chapter 2, yes, verses sir. 12 through 14, right? Yes. So, why don't I read that for us, and then you'll give us your little uh, brief, short um Exposition or 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 a, a explanation of the exposition. I was trying to think of another another synonym for a brief and a short, but I couldn't think of one. Um, hence, me being tired. So, why don't I <laughs> why don't I read uh, verses twelve through fourteen, and then I'll throw it over to you, and then we'll get into just some uh, some of our thoughts on application, and then we'll dive into questions. Sounds great. All right, let's do it. All right, First John chapter two, starting in verse twelve, says this: "I am writing to you, little children." and you have overcome the evil one. The grass withers, the flower fades, and the word of our God endures forever. So, David, yeah, amen. why don't you give us a little short um, overview
1: of your exposition on Sunday, and then we'll
0: dive into the rest of our time.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, so, as you mentioned and we just read, we examined verses 12 through 14, and in our, in our study um, we really examined how first John was jumped seemed to be addressing the whole church in verse 12. We focused our on our forgiveness in Christ the profound truth of that really this whole exposition was a focus on the hope and truth of the gospel and and in that then our call, to mature in Christ. John seems to constantly be focusing throughout the letter on the combination of saying hard things and then encouraging and and exhorting the believers. And so we examined not only our forgiveness then, the hope of Christ, but then also how we seek to mature and, and abide in the Word. And so you almost will see that even further in how John will go back to Um, This next week in our exposition of 15 through 17, John will really show like, okay, here's from verses 12 through 14, here's how the Christian is to mature, and then here's something that can negatively influence the Christian's ability to mature, and that is love of the world. Um, And so here we really focused on um, what many have considered to be really an overview of the Christian Maturity, um, the Christian's maturity. Um, I had found in my study that some had said, well, the idea of John going from uh, fathers to young men to children is really a progression in the Christian's life uh, of how they mature. Um, And so we kind of looked at a yes and kind of approach. Um, I had seen many go in a backwards motion of the verse where it was children, young men, and fathers. But really, I think there's a way in which John was addressing um, believers directly and in a general way. And so I really tried to not say it's this or that, but this and that. Um, it's so almost really... like
0: it's almost like the order the Holy Spirit wanted it to be is probably the
1: order we <laughs> should uh, we should read it in, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just and two, Who I'm knew? not that smart. I I don't know that it's always fruitful to. <laughs> hey, this verse seems like it could go backwards. You know, sometimes I'm like, "Hey, hey help me to understand I it forwards. I can
0: barely understand it forwards. Okay, like, exactly. like don't even talk to me about backwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So. Yeah, so with that in mind, we went forwards, and I think um, we saw a really profound picture, you know, where in verse 13, he was addressing fathers, young men, and children. But in verse 14, he's specifically um, addressing fathers and young men. Mm -hmm. And so it was a great opportunity to really focus on um, what are the ways in which he's encouraging them, that he's actually saying, I'm writing to you for these reasons. And each was a way in which... Um, they were maturing in the faith, they're called to mature in the faith, and, mm. and then even the, the outcome of how they are spiritually even young men and fathers. Mm. And so we talked about that, and of course... In that discussion, of course, some of the questions that have come up from this are around um, maturity. How do we mature? How do we continue to grow? And so, again, my my closing question, as I like to ask um, on every Sunday at the end of an exposition, is are we growing and maturing in Christ? Um, that was my closing question. And so, of course, there are many who have gone away from that and went, okay, how do I know? if I'm growing and maturing in Christ. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of is the the helpful overview, a call for spiritual children, spiritually young men, spiritual fathers and mothers to continue to mature in the faith and examine how and even if they're they're growing and maturing in Christ. 100% man. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think I think that's a that is
0: a question that we as Christians should never grow out of, right? We should never Certainly. cease to ask ourselves, how am I growing and maturing and, and coming more into conformity with the likeness of Jesus Christ, right? And obviously one of the main ways that we can see whether that is happening or not are, are the attributes of Christ manifesting themselves in our lives greater now than they did then. Right, and and right. and I wanted to key in on kind of one of the first things that you said because I think it's so important, um, and it actually brought to mind a sermon that I had the privilege of preaching a while ago. I don't know, if, I don't know if it was at Redeemer or if it was at a different church. I I can't remember, but anyway, keying in on this attribute of forgiveness. And having a heart of forgiveness toward our brothers and sisters, right? We talk about practical application of okay, how can we take what we've read and now have it change the way that we live, right? Um, and I remember making a statement in a sermon. I think it. I think it holds up. And I'll make it here too. Is I. I don't believe that the Christian shows their Christ likeness to one another any more than when we forgive one another. Hmm. I think when we engage in forgiveness toward a brother or sister in Christ that has sinned against us, I think that is the ultimate way that we show Christ is within us, because that is the ultimate way that Christ showed his love toward us. Right, yeah. and this this concept of forgiveness, right? If my mind automatically goes to Matthew eighteen, the parable of the unforgiving servant, right? How this servant owed just not not an immense amount, or no, 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 no. Actually, the the very first servant owed this immense amount of debt, right? He was unable to pay in his lifetime, right? And the king forgave it, right? Wiped it off, right? Didn't put him on a payment plan, didn't didn't have him work it off. He forgave it. Right? right. And this servant, after being forgiven, then goes and finds another, you know, one of the servants that owes him money, a fraction of the amount. Right. And he throws him in jail until he can repay the debt. The king gets wind of this and the language that he uses toward this servant in Matthew 18, uh, verse 32. Then the master yeah. summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? In, and in his anger, his master delivered him over to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I think one of the greatest ways that we show maturity in Christ and show that our lives are coming into greater conformity with his image is how we forgive one another, especially when that sin has been committed to us.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, a, you know, another way, which again, this touches on one of the first questions I had received, which was what are some of the ways that we can know whether or not we're maturing in Christ? Mm, yeah. And and I think as we, um, when we when we look at the when we look at the scriptures, I, I think it begins with we begin to see the things that Christ desires, the things that Christ loves. You just shared uh, in the context of what Jesus says in Matthew eighteen, that clearly shows an outline of how then shall we live, how shall we go out, and and what does it look like to mature in these ways i think another way that's really important is we become concerned with our own indwelling sin mm. i think it's super easy you know you mentioned forgiveness towards one another i also think one of the things is we begin to be concerned not with what's so easy to see that speck in our brother's eye but examining even the log in our own that we be we begin to to, to hate sin and we begin to all the more love the Savior. Um, I think that's a way in which we mature. We examine not not how do I appear perfect or anything in a false way, but genuinely, is there sin in me that the Lord desires to continually root out? Um, I think that's a way in which we we mature. We, we grow in loving the Savior and hating our sin, um, fighting that sin. Yep, and to... to...
0: Kind of dovetail into that. I think what I I have seen a great sign of maturity is when is is how you respond when confronted with sin, Certainly. in your life, yeah. right? Whether it's a you know one of your church leaders or a brother and sister in the church that come alongside and say, "Hey, um, you know, heard you say this. I've been seeing this. I've been I've been you know seeing a pattern here, right?" How do we respond? when those individuals come up to us and, and call us out, right? Is it with a spirit of, of defensiveness? Do the walls automatically go up um, and we start, we start defending ourselves and you know, making excuses or explanations of why they're wrong and why you know, they don't understand, right? Or do we have a posture of humility, right? And, 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 is, and a true desire to, here's the thing, even if they're wrong, a true desire to hear what they say and use that to 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 self evaluate and be like, huh? Okay, I want to hear what this person has to say and evaluate w- whether or not it has merit. And if it does, root it out, right? And then that goes back to what w- what you just said, right? So I've right. I've often used the barometer of looking at how individuals respond when confronted. That is. I have found to be a, a, a very a very telling uh, sign of kind of where
1: where the maturity is in the life of the believer. Mm, that's really good. I think another one too that you know, and I think what's helpful too is that the context of these questions all come from uh, fellow believers at Redeemer mm-hmm. who are who are R O N H. So there's certainly nothing clever or or, or that, or in our thinking that we have that has come from a, a, a much longer experience in life, but I will say one of which is, to me, becomes more and more important every year is the reality that maturity in Christ means the theology I learn and the, um, the things I learn about the Christian life are applied to the Christian life. Um, what comes into my mind affects my heart, and that could be a good thing or that could be a very bad thing. Yeah, yep. And so, really, you know, reading, you know, whether I'm reading books or I'm reading scripture, really examining, then you know, the old, the age-old Francis Schaeffer question: How then shall we live? Mm-hmm. I think is a valuable one uh, because I think you know, again, when you're drinking in theology through a fire hose. Um, like some of us enjoy doing. Um, (laughs) We've gone from the kid in the backyard drinking from the fire hose to... or drinking from the little hose to drinking theology that way, and we we love to learn all those things. But then how is it applied? Really examining that, you know, again, the gospel is an aspect where when we learn the truth of the gospel and we continue to grow in it, the more we mature, the more we see how deep and wide that is. Mm -hmm. That's not just a truth you know i made a mention on sunday that christ is not some part of the gospel he is the gospel and that is you know again you can easily teach some teach truth to a child about who christ is and then you can hear an old man speak of christ with this depth and you realize that has been from a lifetime of learning who jesus is just continuing to go to the scriptures and pour over the scriptures, and that's a big one for for young adults. I think. What do we say about the word of God? What do we know about the word of God? And not just know intellectually, but know both in our minds and in our hearts. Yeah. And yeah. how much time, you know, when Titus is is when Paul was writing Titus, it always fascinates me that in Titus two which is a passage i brought up on sunday the only instruction to young men is about being self-controlled mm-hmm. it's about their discipline yeah and of course we know that from from the application given to older men there's going to naturally come up other applications of how to mature and how to go about things but i do think we're we're not a very self-disciplined self-controlled culture and so to grow in a way of, are, am I self-controlled? What, what governs and dictates my time? You know, again, guys that I see, young guys that are maturing, are not guys that are, are guys where I would say, oh man, you know, they show up every Sunday, they serve in five different ministries. I'm like, man, I am hearing them talk about the Word and how they're reading it, both de- devotionally and theologically learning on their own and with other brothers, and I think that's important. And it even gets into the next piece, which is I think a way in which we're able to know is by others knowing us and being mm-hmm. known by others. We need the local yep. church. Um you, you can't you can't grow in a in an isolated chasm by yourself. Um, yes, you can learn a lot of things, but we need each other. Um we need to be, you know, I, I mean again, I, I'm always benefited by benefited by hearing other brothers. Um, and whether we're studying a theology book or we're studying a book of the Bible, it's always incredibly beneficial to hear the way in which the Lord is growing them. Yeah and that encourages my growth.
0: Yeah, Now I think a a very telling sign of someone's maturity is whether or not they are th- uh, they are authentic and vulnerable about who they really are.
1: Right. Yeah, certainly. Right.
0: And and in obviously in the context of the local church, right? We live right. in a culture today that is very consumeristic. It's the it's the culture of Instagram. Everything has a filter, everything's curated, right? We yeah. can we can be whoever we want to be and and look however we want to look and have whatever life we want to have on social media, right? But when it comes down to the real brass tacks of relational authenticity within the church you can't do that <laughs> you can't hi- yeah. you can't hide right? right so we need to understand that i if part part of being a mature christian is being honest with the things that you struggle with and not not only being open to but but seeking that relational accountability that comes from the local church right, right. it comes from your brothers and sisters in the congregation with you, right? And it's it's so vital that if because because with that increases maturity, right? It's yeah. it, it, it's a cyclical thing, right? It's it's yeah. I I want that accountability because I want to be more mature, right? And then that increases my my maturity which then shows and then manifest itself in my life that i want more of it right i yeah. want to be plugged in more to the local church and it's just this ever evolving thing as we grow grow in in closer unity with each other as we are all growing in the image of jesus christ right and that's the Amen. wonderful picture of the local church and how we spur one another on toward love and good works right and how we walk with one another toward toward our home right? Throughout this entire right. life, looking and striving toward the image of Jesus Christ, and we do it together, right? Someone who yeah. is seeking after that, someone who wants that, someone who is, who is striving for that type of relationship within the local church, I think that is a massive sign of real growth and real maturity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the questions that was asked was, how are we as a body at, at Redeemer to promote and seek after maturity, in the body how does it look what does it look like in in uh, practice B- bouncy houses <laughs> <laughs> no wait ipad giveaways iPad giveaways um, atv oh giveaway man. <laughs> oh man i just we're kidding yeah i'm we're not gonna go down that road Joking. <laughs> just what we've seen okay but you but you see that often maturity is a picture of of it's either portrayed as you are mature if you are this age yeah. or if you if you if you appear to do these things i think maturity is both in in love and deed and 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 even in you know again how we genuinely both intellectually and effectually, know christ mm-hmm. and and so within that um you know i think one of the ways is that you know we certainly have a need to find um, opportunities to build relationship with one another, so that there's a a genuine knowing one another. Because again, this is why you know we talked recently about the need for for groups. That's one of the things we're seeking to to yeah. launch at Redeemer because there is a need where you cannot fabricate relationships, genuine relationships. If there is a if there is a true Christian desire to know one another and be known. Then out of that is going to be an opportunity to have both hard conversations, hard with one another, of confronting things, and even hard conversations where someone is walking through um, the, some of the difficulties of life, and you're mm-hmm. together going, "Hey, I'm I'm seeing some areas, or I'm seeing some, you know, seeing some areas in you, or I'm seeing some areas in me, yeah. where I'm not growing in Christ." And rather than a fabricated, well, it appears this way, but I don't really know you. When there's an opportunity to be shoulder to shoulder, to pray with one another, to be slow to speak and quick to listen, and really be able to examine fruit in our in our faith together, there's an opportunity in that to literally be examining how are we maturing? Is there a season where where I'm I'm stagnant? in my in my faith where I'm not maturing is why is that sometimes we go through difficult seasons or am I literally choosing not to mature what's going on in my life so mm. i think that becomes really important is finding opportunities to get in front of one another in genuine ways and and like we talked about before i think like it always needs to be like a little asterisk next to that you cannot force or fabricate that Right. That will take time, right? And again, even to learn from one another, you know, what do we understand and know of the scriptures, and how we how we are coming together and seeking to mature. Yep, yep, yeah. And and it's being okay with like, uh, and uh, mentally,
0: I'm kind of addressing those that are <laughs> that are leading the small groups right now in my head. I'm I'm trying not to. Yeah. I'm trying not to do that, right? But 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 it is it is um it is applicable truth to pretty much you know pretty much anybody it's 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 modeling that desire for authenticity vulnerability to your people modeling that without the expectation that it's going to be returned right away right And, and understanding that it probably won't right but as you, as an individual, whether you're a small group leader or, or, or you're just you know a member at Redeemer, as you strive to show yourself to be someone who's very open, right? open hmm. about the things they struggle with, open about their joys, open about the way that that, that the Lord is is working on them and through them, right right? not, not putting up a fake persona, right? Not doing any persona yeah. work, right. As you show yourself to be that person, those people that you are around are going it, it it's gonna rub off. It has an effect, right? And that type of that type of real relational um uh desire, right, to have that, that that's gonna catch like wildfire. Right. Right? Absolutely. Um, you just have to be patient in the meantime as individuals like they might not be there right right you might be in a group right or or have friends that are very um introverted and it's just not something that they want to do I totally get it yeah I get it right yeah but as someone who has been in and is currently in a small group with everyone in that group's an introvert except for me. But I have seen, I have seen, but they accepted me. <laughs> they, They're like, hey, guys, they, we need one. Hey, we need we one token need one extrovert. Extroverted yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But I have seen how that was modeled. And mm. when we are together, you wouldn't know. We are praying for sure. one another. We are sharing the, the 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 hard and difficult things in our life. We're sharing the joys, right? That comes with time. But like I said, that came over over a while, right? It took right. a while yeah. to get there, right? But it is possible. You need patience, and I guarantee you it is worth the wait.
1: Yeah. Hmm. That's a obviously not only a good point, but really something we're, we're speaking of the importance of as groups speaking at Redeemer, those become a, a really important aspect of, of fellowship and community during the week. Because I think yeah. that's the thing is when you are, you know, when the only time you spend with with God's people is on Sunday and you're not even, even if there aren't groups, if you're not interacting with fellow believers, then there's a way in which you're not, you're not taking the full advantage of the community of which God has joined you to. And that's a, that's that's a really important thing. Um, There were a couple other questions. I'm just going to mention one other here. Sure, Um, It was asked, could you share your advice on how I can take my more intentional sermon notes for the sake of applying it to applying it in my life my family's life and in the life of my church throughout the week as I sit under the ministry of the word at Redeemer um this is a this is a really good question yeah. i actually have i've been chewing on this question a ton since it was asked and it's a really good question um it's funny i i kind of tend to take um, crazy man looking notes when I'm when I'm listening to preaching, um, and I usually take them on my phone because I just I write too slow. But one of the things um, that's been really edifying to learn. Um, it's funny the brother that asked this question. I actually kind of learned the value of taking sermon notes um, from. So. Uh, I don't know if so much I'm the one to give advice or if I'll go back to him and ask for more advice, but one of the things that's been a real blessing in in my life um, is that my notes are geared toward my family. My notes, when I've been taking sermon notes, in fact, I went to um, Communion Church one a few years ago, went to Communion Church and listened to Fickert preach, and he was preaching on, I think it was on community, and it was out of Acts, and it was a great exposition. And my notes, what I focused on was, how can I write the content of what I'm learning to seek to engage in it? Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds very, very broad, but really I was thinking, um, what are the main points of application and what are encouraged to like, what are the things where I'm encouraged to know something? What are the things where I'm encouraged to acknowledge something? And, and then writing in a focus of how do I share this first with my wife and then with others? And so again, my wife's always going to be the one who's super distracted with kids during the service, um, and so, in that, I'm able to engage with her and grow together with her. I think that's one of the things that's been valuable in sermon notes and in taking them from others preaching.
0: Yeah, no, I do. I think that's that's extremely valuable. Um, in In the counseling realm, we we like asking questions, right? And one sure. question it, when kind of kind of pertaining to what is being preached and how how to start perhaps viewing your notes in a certain way, one question that I have always encouraged and valued asking is, what is being preached right now? How do I see this manifested in the person of Jesus? Hmm. Right? So the things that are being taught, how do I see this manifested in the life of Christ? Right? Because in that, you begin to start seeing practical ways that Christ is the truth that is being spoken and then we model our lives after it. Right? Yeah, right? Absolutely. So whether you're talking about forgiveness or whether you're talking about, you know, joy or 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 sorrow, you know, you know wh- whatever it is, ask yourself as you're listening and as you're you're hearing the word preached, where is Jesus here? What is how does Jesus live this out? How h- how do I see this manifested obviously perfectly? In the life of Jesus Christ, right, and then that begins to give you some of the applications of, okay, I see Christ do this, I see Him say this, I see Him act in this way. I need to follow suit, right? Yeah, and I need to begin to 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 again strive for the image of Jesus Christ in the way that I talk, the way that I act, the way that I think, right? Yeah, um, that's I've always found that to be a very beneficial question to ask. Um, when when trying to you know figure out like how to what what I should write with sermon notes right it, it's always a good it's always a good like fallback for me because sometimes I get lost and I'm like oh well, I don't know what to write down um, yeah and it's always a beneficial question is okay how do I see Jesus in what is being preached
1: yeah if I can give an encouragement too it's never just and I can't speak for every pastor but as getting the privilege to be one of the pastors at Redeemer who who preaches the exposition of the Word, there are many, if not all, of the people's names who come into my prayers and into my mind when I'm studying. And so when when people make a request of, can you talk with me more about your notes, or can you send me this section, um, those things are not burdensome. Those things are 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 a great privilege. And so I think that's a, I mean, again, as you're mentioning, you know, to be able to be an under shepherd who points to the chief shepherd and have people's focus be there in the exposition is a, is a great privilege. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think again, that is a big way that, that uh, we can encourage one another um, in how to apply the word.
0: Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, man. Awesome time talking with you. I was waiting for another joke. Oh no, dude! I one was... joke. You only get one joke a day. One joke a day. Okay. Yeah, I can't spoil you. I, I, I always want to keep you wanting more. All right? Give the people what yeah. they want, but not everything they want, so they come back for more. Well, I feel like I'm gonna have to come up with jokes once in a while you are you Um, are drastically lacking in this department yeah yeah i feel like i feel like i'm doing most of the work on this i really do see
1: all the jokes all the jokes i know are from my youth ministry days so i have a feeling like they're they're either gonna be like uh you know they're gonna be too edgy or they're gonna be like not funny at all from the middle schooler who's like this is hilarious to me and no one else finds it funny. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, no better way to find that out than on a public
1: podcast that you send out to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So in that case, Josh. Yes. What's red and is bad for your teeth? You've already told
0: me this joke.
1: No, but I haven't told it in this context. Okay.
0: All right. All right. All right. All right. Sorry. So repeat it. Say it again. Go ahead. What's red and is bad for your teeth? Oh, gee, David, I don't know. What's red and bad for your teeth? <laughs> you're just patronizing
1: me yes a brick ah oh,
0: a brick that's perfect that's just well,
1: 100%. I'm hopeful that others will enjoy that. I hope attempt. they like that, because that's literally probably at least better.
0: the sixth or seventh time I've heard that joke. So
1: I will say, though, <laughs> the the things we talk about are starting to get into people's mind. Um, yeah. Somebody came up to me, one of the kids at the church came up to me, and and uh, he or she had told me, uh, I just love you, and had just spoken in the way that <laughs> oh, you spoke no. <laughs> we were poking fun. So I, I love that people are not only listening, but they're kind of getting the the heart and the humor of all of it. So it's I, good. I
0: don't even go there. and uh, yeah, Much love not, to the peeps at Redeemer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Lo- love you guys. And uh, yeah, that's where we'll wrap. Guys, we thank you for listening. We appreciate the questions, really do. We, we we love that you guys are interacting with it. We hope that it continues to be beneficial for you. Uh, we love you guys greatly. Um, for anyone that is not part of Redeemer, or part of Redeemer, either way, you can follow us on the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at... Practica
1: pod, right? And we've got a website. Absolutely. Practica pod.com. Absolutely. Right? And you can even post a comment there or a question, of course, you can send to us and uh, we can include it in a future podcast episode. That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You reach out and any of the socials to pose a question, ask. Uh, I mean, and, and here's the thing the nice thing about the format of the podcast, you can kind of see where we're going to be next week. You know, right? Because we, you know, David's preaching style, he. he and most preaching styles, they they do kind of follow the natural breaks, unless it's yeah. unless it's a really long one, right? Unless it, exactly. some some idiot wants to preach the entire story of Lazarus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I wonder how many people very, remember. That, that's a very niche joke. Yeah, yeah. Only a few <laughs> yeah. people are gonna uh, understand that. that go, idiot was me. Okay. <laughs>
1: J- didn't Josh preach the whole story <laughs> yes. of Lazarus? that Lassiter? idiot was yeah. me.
0: Yeah, um, but you can <laughs> yeah. you can pose questions, uh, and we really yeah. a- enjoy hearing from you guys. And interacting with you, um, you can send them to David or I personally as well. You guys have access to David, and I'm on all the socials too. So, absolutely, we thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Practica Podcast. Have a good week.